Welcome to the Daily Grind. My name is Kelly Johnson, your fun and friendly host. We're in episode 12 of season three, the very best one yet. We have a special guest on today's podcast, so keep the introduction short. We would like to welcome Dr. Joe Parent. He's a highly regarded expert in performance psychology and applied mindfulness working with athletes, actors, artists, and executives. He's graduated summa cum laude from Cornell University, then received a National Institutes of Health Fellowship at the University of Colorado to complete his PhD in social psychology. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you very much. Appreciate yes. that. Yes, thanks for coming on to The Daily Con. Our listeners are beyond excited to learn more about your story and uh, to dive into it right away and just learn from your knowledge and your accolades and everything that you've done so far, inspiring a lot of people throughout the journey. So yes, can you start, uh, Dr. Joel Parent, uh, briefly introduce what you do on your daily grind? Well, as you said, uh, I teach performance psychology for artists, athletes, executives, uh, for business and for sports. My main sport that I work with is golf. And my first book, which continues to be one of my most popular, is Zen Golf, Mastering the Mental Game. Uh, and what's exciting for me is that I, I wrote it 20 years ago, it, but I wrote it in a way that it's not dated. We didn't put any particular dates in there. So it is still completely current and completely um, applicable, I still get an email almost every day saying, I read your book and I just shot my lowest round in a year or ever or thing, things like that. And what's been really exciting for me, I just, I just taught at a uh, camp for low handicap, high achieving juniors, uh, competitive juniors playing, mo many of them, you know, shooting even par or better. It's called the Kerry Cup. Uh, we've done it for seven years in Ireland. This was the first year in Lake Placid because of COVID and we didn't go to Ireland. But it was so exciting because uh, of the 90-some kids that were there, almost all of them had read Zen Golf and it was written before any of them were born. So that, that was kind of fun. Then, then I wrote Zen Putting and that's really, as far as the physical game of golf, that's really my area of expertise. But the mental game is the main thing. And then I wrote Golf, the Art of the Mental Game, which is a, an art book. And finally, How to Make Every Putt, The Secret to Winning Golf's Game Within the Game, which is kind of a, a reboot of Zen putting that's uh, updated and a little more uh, focused just on the techniques of putting. Yes, you have, you have quite, the, quite the background. Dr. Joe Parent on just golf in this industry, as well as we're going to dive in a little bit more further on your background, in particular, you being an expert in sports psycho in performance psychology. 
so yeah, can we start with that? I think that's such a hot topic too. And mm-hmm. with, with your work that you've done, I really like that fun fact with uh, now we're getting to that age where uh, the younger kids, when they watch uh, players even on tour or just the uh, amateur golfer that are a little bit older than them, but they have such a big presence and inspiration like yourself in this area. So yes, my first question would just be, how has sports and performance psychology influenced your life and both in uh, personally and in a career standpoint? Well, I, I had the great good fortune of playing golf as more like a hobby. It wasn't a competitive sport. I, I did a lot of competitive sports of football and wrestling and track and tennis. Um, but, but golf was my time off of organized sports as a kid. Uh, I also had the good fortune of meeting some great teachers in the Buddhist tradition, particularly the Tibetan tradition, but also some teachers in the Zen tradition, uh, which is where the title Zen golf came from. So I was able to blend Eastern, the, the Eastern wisdom of how the mind works with Western psychology. And that's really what produced the way I teach performance psychology. It is essentially helping people get out of their own way to get the most out of their abilities. And whenever I have a, 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 a corporate presentation or a group at a golf club, I ask people to raise their hand if they've never felt like they got in their own way. Nobody raises their hand. Everybody has felt like they got in their own way in some way or another. And then I say, did you perform your best when that happened? And nobody raised their hand because we all know we don't perform our best. So, so what I'm saying is I can increase and enhance your performance without giving you anything new, but simply removing the interference and obstacles that you place in your own path to keep you from playing and working and accomplishing your best. Um, I had great good fortune after Zen Golf first came out, Vijay Singh's wife, uh, a Hall of Fame golfer, got hold of it and said, and asked the publisher to send a copy to Vijay. So I met him out at the LA Open at Riviera Country Club, and he asked to start working with me. Um, within two years, we'd gotten him to number one in the world. And the same thing happened to me with Christy Kerr uh, several years later, and then she got to number one in the world. So um, those those were my high points as far as uh, golf accomplishments go. I did meet a, a wonderful tennis pro who also happened to be a scratch golfer who was famous for upsetting John McEnroe, both physically and emotionally upsetting John Mac. He upset him by winning the match and upset him emotionally by beating him in, when he was ranked number one in the world at the US Open. Uh, his name was Bill Scanlon, um, and we wrote Zen Tennis together. Sadly, Bill just passed away a couple of months ago. It's been a pretty challenging time for, for people's health lately, uh, as you know. Then I also wrote a diet book, taking performance psychology and applying it to losing weight in a way that lets you change habits. Not really, it's, it's about re-envisioning how you relate with food and exercise rather than those kind of punitive 
diets and restrictions and forced forced marches in the exercise world. So it lets you do it in a gentle, um, natural way. Um, I did it for myself and uh, lost 20 pounds and kept it off for the last, when did the book came out? To the last six years. So uh, the last book is what I'm most proud of, of the since then golf, I think. And that is A Walk in the Wood, Meditations on Mindfulness with a Bear Named Pooh. The Disney company asked my sister and I to write it and my wife, who is an incredible artist, to do the graphic design. So we have a a beautiful book. It's just wonderful just to hold it with a red marking ribbon for the pages and beautiful uh, art of Winnie the Pooh and his friends. And you know what? Everybody says when they hear about it, they said, well, who doesn't love Winnie the Pooh? So by using those familiar characters like Winnie the Pooh and Piglet and Tigger and Eeyore, we were able to convey messages for the whole family. See, it's not just for kids. It's for adults to read with kids. And then there are pages that go with each story of the, the, in the Hundred Acre Wood that teach them different meditations to enhance family values and individual values like kindness, patience, mindfulness is the main one, uh, self-confidence, positive outlook, gratitude, and appreciation, all of those. So it's, I, I just love that, that little book. And so, so it really has shaped my life for the last 30 years to be able to, it's such a thrill to be able to help people and have an immediate impact right right from the get-go. It makes a difference in people's lives. And here's, here's the exciting thing, Kelly. A lot of sports psychologists say, clear your mind, stay in the present, uh, be confident. But, but what students come to me and they say, hey, I know that, but, but I'm, I'm not. My mind is full of clutter. I'm continually thinking about the past and the future. And I don't have that, have that confidence. So how do I get from there to where I'd like to be? And that's the secret that I give in Zen Golf and in all my books. It's a path, a path to get from where you are to where you want to be. And the secret to the path is that you don't know it, but you're already there. And you really didn't have to add anything on to yourself you just needed to remove the interference so uh when i when i taught at the camp all these kids i said well you know you you play golf and then you make a mistake and then you add more on to your swing and you add more techniques and you add more ideas and you add more thoughts and and you just add more on and more on and more on and i said and that's called moron golf <laughs> and they all cracked up you know and, and they were but what's important in my writing and my communication is memorable things. So they'll never forget that. And whenever they find themselves adding more on, they go, oh, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Now, I wanted to tell a story, which is the signature story in Zen Golf. Mm-hmm. And I also tell it in some of my other books. And this is about the, the, this adding more on thing. So 
it can either be a young boy or a young girl. Let's have it be a young girl who had a little family heirloom. It was a little clay statue, but she always wished it were gold. And so when she saved up enough money from doing chores and helping neighbors and, and whatever she could earn, she took the statue to the jewelry store and had it gold plated. And she was so excited and she showed everybody and they said, oh, that your statue, your gold statue is so beautiful. The problem is clay doesn't, uh, gold plate doesn't stick to clay very well. So it kept flaking off. So she found herself using all her spare time to earn money to keep the gold facade of her statue intact. Now, one, one day her grandparents came uh, home from a trip of many years. That's how these stories go. And her grandmother took the statue and held it, held it. And she, and the, the young girl said, I know it's flaking off in places, but I'm going to get it gold plated again real soon. And the grandmother smiled and wet her handkerchief a little bit and started rubbing a place where you could see the clay. And she said, you know, you were so young, you don't remember, but this statue fell in the mud and got covered with clay and look here. I'm tearing up as I'm telling the story. It always does this to me. Look here. And she showed where she'd been rubbing the clay off, a, a bright yellow color showing through. And she said, you never had to gold plate your statue. You just had to gently remove the clay to reveal the solid gold statue you possessed all along. And, and that's the message I want people to know. We're already solid gold. That's our nature. We, we are that basic goodness and it gets distorted, it gets confused, it gets covered over by all sorts of clay to the point where we don't remember that and we think that, and we feel bad about ourselves and we think that we need to add more on to who we are to be who we want to be. But it's actually, you know, that's why the saying is less is more. It's actually removing what we... The, what we get in our, how we get in our own way and being able to trust that basic goodness that's our nature. And, and here's the exciting thing for me in, in working with people. When we realize that about ourselves, guess what? We look around and we go, hey, that's what they're doing, what I was doing. And I feel bad for them. And then we try to help others see the gold that's in their nature. And so this is uh, uh, what's expressed in the Eastern wisdom traditions that you don't have to crank up compassion and kindness. They're part of our nature. And they come out immediately when we aren't thinking so much about ourselves. How's that? Oh, that's that's wonderful. I think that's so many great takeaways you shared with us, uh, Dr. Joe, on just in regards to from the those key values you mentioned with um, the latest story uh, that you've you created a walk in the wood all the way to the golden statue story. That is definitely a gem that we will put on repeat for sure on the daily grind. I do love the golf joke, too. I'm going to have to use that with my coworkers. <laughs> But just just to reemphasize what you mentioned, just 
by performing your best, which our daily grinders try to do, you know, each and every day, whether it's in their nine to five job or even outside with their side hustle or if it's an athletic or personal goal. I think that's really important in just being able to uh, remove those obstacles, those inter that interference that's blocking us from us, you know, st holding us, slowing us down on that path to get what, what we want to do or we're already there, but slowing us to continue on in that path. And, and Kelly, that's what I do in my business consulting as well. And, and I do executive coaching one-on-one -on -one and also presentations on mindfulness and communications. You know, everybody talks about leadership, but it's really about communication and helping people communicate in a way that serves a, you know, them to fulfill their own purpose and the other person's purpose and finding places that we meet rather than places that we have combat. So it, that's the way that I work with, with businesses and with consulting individual executives and also group corporate programs like, like groups of managers or salespeople that, that help them understand how they can communicate better and then be able to work together better and service their clients better. Yeah, you touch on a lot of uh, different business, both you know in the sport of golf, but though yeah, business. You mentioned health and fitness with uh, the weight loss, life coaching. Mm -hmm. Lots of great opportunities to work with Dr. Joe Parent here, and I think I'm not biased or anything, but we're we're telling facts here on the show. So yeah, quite the success. I, I really enjoy that you are you know hands on with different people that you work with, inspire them, whether it's from the young younger generation. I grew up in the Winnie the Pooh era, so definitely can resonate with the story. I really enjoy that you have that enhancing those family values. I think that's really important, and especially too during this time, just coming off of COVID and everything. Thank you. Yes. Uh, before we dive into more a little bit on Walk in the Wood, can you tell us more about your guided mindfulness practice and Zen Golf, like those Q&A sessions that you offer? Oh, yeah, that's right. What I do is I offer... And it's all on my list that you can sign up on my website, which is drjoeparent, drjoeparent.com, and also zengolf.com. What I do is about 45 minutes of a free Zoom session where I lead people in guided mindfulness. We start with grounding practice, where you... Settle your energy and center your energy. You know, I, I, I tell people there's, there's no such word as down tight in the English language. Nobody's down tight. We're uptight. So all of our energy when we're under stress moves up and faster. So we use our breathing and our body awareness to settle ourselves and let our energy move down and slower. So centering, settling, it's the grounding practice. Then we do what's called close placement or holding your mind close to you by focusing on our breathing. And the breath and the mind for 5,000 years have been known to be very much connected. When you're uptight, you stop breathing. When you're relaxed, ah, your breathing gets slower and deeper. So we want to tune into our breathing. And that's something that happens whether we're trying to control it or not, but it also is indicative of our state of mind. 
And so the practice is to just be with your breathing, the internal sensation of filling and emptying. And when the mind wanders, which the mind does wander, instead of saying, oh, I shouldn't do that and being judgmental, you just have non-judgmental awareness. You notice it and say, oh, I was with my breathing. Now I'm in the past or the future or someplace else in the present. Back. And as soon as you realize you were in a daydream, you've already woken up. You see? And then you're already back in the present. So you don't need to come back to the present. You just need to come back what to what you were paying attention to, which interestingly is the original language of mindfulness in ancient India, the word was sati, and it, it translates as remembering what you were doing. So the practice is when your mind wanders, just remember what you had chosen to pay attention to. Now, I'll give you a good example of what, what people you will know is a lack of mindfulness, of not remembering what we were doing. You were headed for the kitchen to get something or do something. You got distracted. You took care of what distracted you. Then you walk into the kitchen and you go, now, why did I come in here? <laughs> and you don't remember. So that's a lack of mindfulness. You, aren't, you don't remember what you were doing. So the practice is very simple. You're working with your breathing. That's what you remember when your mind wanders into a daydream. And then we turn it into environmental awareness of letting your mind move through your sense perceptions, sight, sound, physical sensation of your body. Might be smells in the room. And if you recently had coffee or tea, there might still be some flavor in your mouth. But also, your thoughts are a kind of sense perception. We perceive our thoughts. So we sense those as well. And you become aware of your thoughts and your other sense perceptions. And again, if your mind wanders into a daydream, your sense perceptions always happen in the present moment. You don't see things with your eyes from the past. Your memory sees them, but your eyes don't see them. So we use the sense perceptions to let your mind wander, but wander around in the present. Um, and, and then we do a compassion meditation where you seek to relieve others of their suffering and send them happiness, which is always good. Oh, the wish to relieve them of suffering and send them happiness. Mm -hmm. Then the second half of the session, I do a golf question and answer. So sometimes people just come in for the second half and leave after the first half. Nobody's obliged to do, to do both. If you go on YouTube, the Dr. Joe Parent YouTube channel, and the mindfulness playlist, you'll see at least a dozen of the past sessions, which you can just put on your computer and do the practice along with us, mm -hmm. just like I did it with people live. Very interesting, Dr. Joe Parent, in regards to just the mindfulness, that perfect example. I've had that happen before with the lack of mindfulness, going to another room or trying to multitask and get so many things done at a certain time. But you need to have those sessions and you need to be mindful of whether it's the actions that you do or another key one is mindful eating. That's been intuitive eating. That's been really trending as well. And that's what my diet book is about, mm -hmm. mindfulness in your eating and your exercise. Yes. So we will definitely put uh, in our show notes for today, 
Dr. O'Parent's website as long as YouTube where to find these videos so you can practice along on, on your own time. So yes, that also leads me up to uh, questions are you mentioned a little bit with your with your work with uh, Vijay Singh, uh, Christy Kerr, do you have a favorite experience or share with us one of your most memorable moments working with clients or it could be a recent experience, something even as soon as Gary Cup or something that we want to uh, throw us back to. Or, yeah, you know, uh, you know the um, it's really about the kids. If I'm working with a 60-year-old, I've got 15, maybe 20 years of investment. But if I'm working with a 15-year-old, I have 60 or 70 years of investment. So uh, it's a bigger return on investment and, and the sparkle in their eyes when they get something and the joy, that's, you know, I, I get those moments that are, are kind of teary and, and moving. I think one of them was years ago where a, uh, I got an email from a competitive golfer and he said, I've had back issues and I haven't been able to compete in a couple of years. I was feeling sorry for myself and very depressed. And I read your book, Zen Golf, and I put into practice how to work with those negative thoughts. And, and what I decided to do was not to feel sorry for myself, but to reach out to other golfers who were suffering the same thing and encourage them. And he said, and I want to thank you for helping me change my outlook and change the way I think. And it was, he said, uh, and it was Nebraska three-time player of the year. Wow. And recently I had someone who write, wrote to me who was profoundly deaf uh, and said, well, you know, you talk about awareness and I can't be aware of sounds. And when, because I can't hear anybody behind me, I'm always kind of on high alert. And what advice do you have? And I, I gave her ways in which she could regard her situation in a more positive way. And when we're, when we're lacking one of our sense perceptions, the others get heightened. And I said, well, sound is vibration. And you feel vibration in your hands when you swing the golf club. So you're kind of hearing the shot through your hands. And she said, oh, I, you know, in her email, I'd never thought of that. And you know, your response and your book have been a godsend. And I kind of get teary when those things happen. And she said, and thank you for reaching out and being able to help people who are challenged. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's fun to work with great professionals and the best in the world and watch them succeed. And that's exciting, but it's not as moving as helping people who have more significant life challenges and helping kids. Yeah, that, that's awesome to hear. The great success stories just to tell our listeners that are tuning in today's episode. And you probably have handfuls, or we could talk for days, years uh, on this. So <laughs> I know. And you know what? In the last two months, I've gotten four pictures of kids holding trophies that they won their first tournaments. So that, you know, but that's what's joy for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Yes. That's, that's awesome. Perfect. Again, perfect examples for us to, you know, be motivated on today's daily grind. In addition, Dr. Joel, Joel Parent, I guess maybe my initial question I probably should have started off with was how'd you become interested in writing and also 
what inspired you to to compose Zen Golf? Well, I've always I've always been since high school a good writer. My mother was an English teacher. Uh, it must be in the genes or something like that. But when I started teaching golf, I would I got invited to write a couple of articles for magazines. I said, oh, you know, this is kind of fun. I'll just write two-page articles. When I've got enough of them, I will slap them together into a book. Well, as it turned out, I got introduced to a literary agent who said, Buddhism and golf, that's like really hot. This is 20 years ago, and it was very new. Mindfulness was all new. Nobody had talked about it at all. Uh, and now it's pretty common in the language. Uh, she said, I want to see the book. And I said, well, I, I just have a few chapters. She said, well, bring whatever you've got. Uh, I've got to go back to, this is in California. I've got to go to New York. I could see it this weekend or next weekend. I said, next weekend. And so I spent the whole week writing from all my notes. And I wrote about 12, two to three page chapters. Showed them to her. She said, well, let's, let's put together a proposal and send this in. And very soon after that, Doubleday bought the book. So then I had to write all of my two and a half page. But, but what it turns out is people do better reading a book like mine that is bite-sized nuggets in, of each chapter, two to three pages. You, don't, you, wanna, you look ahead and see the next chapter's 15 pages, you go, oh, I, I can't do that. But if you look ahead and say it's only two, you'll read six or seven of them and hey what do you know you read 15 pages mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i achieved our goal over over and one, of the, and one of the things in zen golf was i wanted a lot of the chapters to stand alone so that you could go back to it you know dog ear the page or put a bookmark in there and go back to the particular chapter that spoke to you you don't have to read through the whole book to get to what you want that's why I enjoyed too. I was kind of briefly diving into. I've yet to read your whole entire collection, but yeah, I like the. You mentioned the bite size. It's very easy to put down, pick back up. I think that's important. Just kind of you, then you can sit down for how many minutes, or if you can only you know grab a few chapters here, or there, or a few pages. Like I, I really enjoy that a lot. And then also you can go back to the ones that meaningful. Oh, I need to go back to chapter one or whatever. So I really enjoy that. I think our our daily grinders do as well. And also, too, do you think, like, what has fueled you, like, uh, over the years, like, those success stories, the emails you get, the shout-outs from people, just influencing them on, on their own daily grind? Or is it, you know, a mix of both writing, family, friends, support? Like, what's, what's fueling you all these years? It's making a difference in people's lives. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, um, I said, uh, I, I can't invent a cleaner burning engine to reduce air pollution but I can help people have cleaner running minds to reduce mental pollution. And how much mental pollution is there in there in the world? It's it, it, you want to talk about, how about psychological climate change? How horrible have things gotten <laughs> as far as the psychological climate of the world and the animosity and the taking sides and, and bias and prejudice. It's like, it's like it's at an all time high. So to me, I want to reduce that mental pollution and increase mindfulness and kindness wherever I can in the world. So that's awesome. 
great statement. True daily grinder, Dr. Joe Parent. But yes, yeah, so now let's co let's come into that that closure. Let's let's tune back into that latest and greatest. So you have the walk in the woods. You have it, uh, Winnie the Pooh. For those uh, listeners tuning in, a very classical, timeless character, really cool family-oriented story. But yes, tell us tell us more about Walk in the Woods. There are 16 stories a day in the life of Winnie the Pooh. How he gets up in the morning and does his mindfulness practice and and does his chores in a mindful way, and then he goes to visit his friend Piglet, who he's always very kind to, so it teaches kindness. He encourages Piglet to have greater self-esteem and self-confidence. He plays with Rue and realizes how, how chi being childlike and open to new possibilities is a great thing to do. He and Piglet run into Tigger, and he helps to try to tame him and keep him from bouncing all over the place. So it's really an instruction on mindfulness <laughs> and taming our minds. And of course, he and Piglet go to see Eeyore to try to cheer him up. And Eeyore naturally said, they say, we came to visit you. And Eeyore says, well, that's nice of you to say, but probably you were really headed somewhere else and ended up here by mistake because no one would want to come and visit me. And we go, wah, wah. By the way, I, I did record the audio book for all of my, all of my books. Mm -hmm. And I got to do the voices for, for all of the animals, you know, Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> uh, who's very kind, and, and Tigger, and Eeyore. So it, it was just a lot of fun. And then, and then he sees Kanga and Rue, who are a mother and child, and talks about love and family and gratitude, and thinks of all his friends. And, and it's got great messages throughout. And as I said, after each two to three page story, keep, kept the sub format, are two to three pages of adult language instructions on meditations and practices for exploring the natural world. Because it, it's about connecting with nature. It's, it takes place in the hundred acre wood. So it's about immersing yourself in the atmosphere of the forest aromatherapy, nature, aware of the sense perceptions, like that, that practice that I talked to you about of environmental mindfulness and individual personal mindfulness. It combines those. And so these adult instructions are ones that parents or, or adults, other adults can read with the kids and teach them those practices at the age-appropriate level. You know, if you have four-year-olds, you're not going to teach them to sit for 10 minutes in mindfulness. In fact, I had a friend say, you can get a minute for every age. They can sit still for three minutes of a three-year-old, four minutes for a four-year-old, and so on. So that's really, and, and I've given readings to Montessori schools, to the parents and the kids together, to teach them how they can use the book to enhance their relationship with their kids to bring the the world of mindfulness and kindness into their kids lives uh and you know something tactile a book they have so much screen time just turn the screens off and sit with your child and read the book listen to the audio together uh, but do it together with the kids with the screens off yeah, really well said, Dr. Joe Parent. And just in regards to 
number one listeners tune into that story yeah now we can actually listen to it on audio so after listening to today's episode tune into walk in the wood oh uh, that's great i love the the different the personalities you bring out in each character from an audio uh perspective and then yeah just two in regards to uh, let's minimize that screen time let's uh, be open to mindfulness and appreciative of just the different you being a guide for us and you know building our relationships you mentioned earlier that keyword communication. So I think this book helps tell the story with your other reads as well, how important that is in from a kindness perspective and those uh, key values that both parents want to exhibit to their children and hopefully us inspire them out in the world too. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a good story that's in Zen golf about this. And it's a student goes to a Zen master and he says, I know this is going to take a really long time and a lot of work. I want instruction so that I can be at my best behavior in every possible situation in life that I encounter. And the Zen master said, oh, that won't take it long at all. Here's your answer. Act in every situation you encounter as if your five-year-old child were watching you. That's a good one. (laughs) How about that, right? Isn't that great? Yeah, I think that's a perfect reminder to lead when no one's watching and also to act in that kindfulness behavior and lots of different uh, takeaways. Obviously, when we when we read your story and your whole collection, too, on just the importance of mindfulness actions, any part of your day. Thank you. Yeah, speaking of any part of our day, uh, Dr. Joe Parent, like, what are some ways some of our daily grinders can incorporate, you know, mental toughness and practicing mindful awareness into their own lifestyle? Well, I have in, uh, I think it's in both Zen putting and in A Walk in the Wood, a chapter, the last chapter is called The Sandwich of the Day. You know how how some restaurants have the sandwich of the day? Mm -hmm. Well, the sandwich of the day is to start your day with mindfulness. And I find that even for myself, if I get busy doing things, it's hard to stop and just sit down. But if I get up in the morning, swing my legs over the side of the bed and sit there for 5, 10, maybe 15 minutes, that's the start of a a day of mindfulness. Then you establish uh, an intention. I want to be as mindful and kind as I can be all day long. I want to be present. I want to communicate skillfully. Whatever your intentions are for success for the day, Uh, And then putting them into practice and recognizing, you know, when you don't when you don't live up to your own expectations, not beating yourself up, but noticing it and saying, I will do better. And then at the end of the day, reflecting, how did I do? How well did I live up to my intentions? To whatever extent you did, give yourself a pat on the back. And to whatever extent you didn't, don't, again, don't beat yourself up or judge yourself. Say, you know, this is what, this is how I got in my own way. And this is what I'm going to work on tomorrow to stay out of my own way. And then you do a few minutes of mindfulness. And very often uh, I do it uh, and, and lie down and I'm asleep. <laughs> so it's better not to do it lying down unless you do or planning to go to sleep. Oh, this is great. I think again, it's simple, simple activity for us to do after today's episode or currently doing now. And so we can again 
be on that path or that we already are on uh, to performing our best. Wonderful. Yes. Yes. So Dr. Joe Parent, we, we talked about your daily schedule. You are inspiring us all over the world, uh, whether it's in the sport of golf, tennis, in our own career, in a business setting, through every industry in general. What's on your, your daily grind later this year, you know, back half of 2021, what you have going on? I have a, uh, a couple of corporate events, at least one of which combine golf and business. The, and and when I'm teaching golf, I use business metaphors. When I'm teaching business, I use golf metaphors. <laughs> I'm taking a group to uh, a, a a wonderful golf resort in the wilds of Oregon called Bandon Dunes, and there are four or five golf courses, I think five now, uh, that we'll all be playing the last week of August, early September. I just got back from a trip, as I said, to Northeast Lake Placid, uh, Vermont, upstate New York, and right now I'm in Denver. So a lot of travel once the COVID thing, I got, I have both of my vaccines and I'm very proud of that. And then I'll be doing some more travel later in the year and teaching golf. But, you know, even before COVID, I teach my golf and business coaching and life coaching all over the world, definitely all over the U.S., by FaceTime, Zoom, what we're on now, Google Meet, any of the video conferencing uh, formats. And all of, and it's, it's, you know, it's like being in the same room with the other person. So I've already been doing that. And then we've been doing it even more now with the COVID. But I'm going to continue to do that because... It's uh, it's like traveling, but staying at home at the same time. Definitely. And you can connect with us on the go or wherever you're at. And again, inspiring others, uh, both within the U.S. And, and abroad, too. Yeah, we're excited for the the travels that you have coming up. And you're motivating so many people out there in, in their specific daily grind. So, yes, as we say on the podcast, keep up the grind. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Joe Parrott, do you have a word of the day to inspire our listeners out there or even a quote or a saying? Uh, I have one from uh, a lesson I just gave the other day. Believe you belong. In whatever field you are, at whatever level you're participating, believe that you belong there. And that will inspire you and encourage you and give you the kind of confidence and commitment that you need. Now, as far as uh, sports performance, particularly golf in this case, people think if only I played better, I'd enjoy it more. It works the other way around. If you'd enjoy it more, you'd play better. And again, it's all about getting out of your own way to let your ability shine through. It's like the sun behind the clouds. Do you need to create a sun in front of the clouds? No, it's shining all the time. Your abilities are ready to shine all the time. Just part the clouds of your doubt, your um, confusion, your lack of confidence. And when you have that confidence and trust in yourself, then the best of your abilities will come through. You know, 
there's a couple of places people can find me. I've mentioned drjoeparent.com and zengolf.com, but the, so much of my material is already available on my YouTube channel. Some, some of my readings from A Walk in the Wood, uh, some interviews about the diet book, Zen Golf Q&A, and a lot of mindfulness sessions. Also, all of my books are listed on my website, but also on my Amazon author page. So it's pretty easy. Of course, I have Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And, you know, if you just search for me, Dr. Joe Parent or Dr. Joseph Parent, you're, you're probably going to find me. Yes, wonderful. Yes, I think the quote that you mentioned, uh, Believe You Belong, I think that fits perfectly with today's episode. Your story, what you're trying to do out there in the world, inspiring us on our own daily grind. And yeah, you beat us to the punch on, on where to find you. So, yep, listeners tuning in, we'll put all in our show notes where to find Dr. Joe Parent, as always. So, yes, uh, thanks again for tuning today's episode. A big thank you to Dr. Joe Parent for being on the podcast. Thank you, Kelly. My pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to the Daily Grind this week. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Daily Grind Pod. Please also remember to visit our website, www.kjfwi.org, and shop our merch. Until next time, my name is Kelly Johnson. Have a great day. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Bye, Kelly. Okay, bye-bye. This episode was produced by the Kelly Johnson Foundation with music composed by Connor Christian. Thanks also to our podcast team, Kaylee Conklin, Davis Johnson, Sophia Spera, and Will Steinberg.